Hello and welcome to Manageable Conversations, the podcast where we speak to leaders across industry sectors. In each episode, we'll discover what helped them in their career, how they stay sharp, and ways they get the best out of their teams. I'm Farley Thomas, the founder of Manageable. We hope this podcast inspires you to be a great leader by learning from others. Culture is what happens when you're not around as a leader. It's that set of decisions that your people take and how they respond to different situations and to different pressure points. And that, that set of decisions as what they, the way they think they should behave when you're not looking, kind of, that's where the culture happens. That's Netta Medav, co-founder and CEO of Vault Platform a firm that's pioneering trust tech, a new category of ethics-enabling workplace technology. Netta tells us how she's managing the pressure of the job and how she leads and shapes the culture of her remote-first organization. She also shares her tips for aspiring leaders and managers. Netta, thank you so much for joining this manageable conversation. What has shaped you as a leader that you are today? My first real leadership experience has been within this role as the founder and CEO of Vault Platform. And um, it's difficult to point to one thing that really shaped who I am as a leader because firstly, I think it's still a learning experience for me. I still learn how to be a leader. Um, I learn from our people. Um, I, I understand what are the expectations of my team members, of our investors of the market, and that really shapes my experience. But it's um, it's a it's definitely not a complete work. It's a, it's work in progress, um, and it's a, an extremely challenging but rewarding one, where I learn to discover myself as a leader through the very um, high pace of um, of this tech company that I lead. Yeah, and, and on this point about pace, Netta, what what helps you, you know, deal with the challenge and the pressure that comes with the role? For me, managing the pressure is something that I've only became attuned to recently when I realized that um, this role is taking a huge a huge toll on my well being, on my, my mental health, on my physical health, and I realized that it's time to get intentional about um, managing stress. Um, it's time to um, think about it with with more, really setting an intention um, to to manage it better. So things like um, one of the, the the first things that I've done is that I started having um, I started having a coach, an executive coach. The greatest learning I had from my coaching sessions was the understanding that that I need to distinguish between the way I think things are and the way they really are. Um, is trying to bring the magnitude of events and the magnitude of the consequences that I perceive um, to the actual reality and understanding that, you know, that kind of seeing things for what they are um, and starting to really um, practice it in my in my day-to-day -day life um, 
there are, there are many other things that I'm doing and there's a lot of, you know, taking care of myself. Um, it's only now that I'm in my third year of running the startup that I've started to kind of pay attention to exercise and to what I eat um, and, um, and to kind of really um, think about how I carve out time to truly um, enjoy the moment and live in the moment and be very present where I am, especially when I'm with my children. I'd like to pause here and underline the word intentional that Netta uses. We're so busy with work and technology, there doesn't seem to be enough time for intentionality in what we're doing. And yet being intentional, either alone or with your team, is a proven way to learn and change. So I'll leave you with this question. How much of your day is spent being intentional as Netta strives to be? I, I won't, you know, I won't tell you, uh, Farley, that I am able to completely disconnect. I think uh, the thing about running your own startup is that it's always there. Um, you, never, you never really fully disconnect from it, but it became manageable. Mm. Um, and I like how you use the word manageable there, Netta. Uh, one <laughs> it, intentional. <laughs> um, it, it it sounds like after a few years in Netta, you are sort of finding what sounds like a better rhythm for you. If I invite you to shift focus to the whole team, the whole organization, what is the culture and how are you shaping that? Yeah, absolutely. I think culture said by Ben Horowitz, one of the greatest uh, venture in investors of, of all times. And he said in his book about workplace culture that culture is what happens when you're not around as a leader. It's that set of decisions that your people take and how they respond to different situations and to different pressure points. And that, that set of decisions as what they, the way they think they should behave when you're not looking that's what you know. That's where, kind of, that's where the culture happens, and I, I completely agree, um, and and so it kind of leads me to where you know to one of the, the most um, important foundations of our culture at Vault Platform, is very much around trust. You know, our product is a product that creates trust in the workplace, and we certainly, I believe, kind of embody that within our own within our own company. Um, we trust our people. We, um, I trust um, our people. And, um, um, and, I, and, and I think um, with that trust comes also a sense of authority and autonomy that, that they all have in their roles. And that's, and that's um, embodied from junior to senior positions in our company. This point about um, uh culture is, is, is what happens when you're not, not around makes me think about uh, location. And I, I think I can see, you know, the sunny backdrop of Tel Aviv behind you. Um, what's that been like where you've moved to where you don't have the bulk of your people? Could you elaborate a little bit on that experience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, hey, it's a huge challenge. It really is a huge challenge. Uh, the office used to be the cornerstone of, of, of our culture. Um, it was uh, a wonderful space. 
that personally I felt very excited to come to every morning and I, I, I know our people did as well. Um, it's a place where ideas were exchanged. It's a place um, where a lot of informal conversations led to some of the greatest brainstorming sessions we, we had as a company. It's a place where um, we really sat shoulder to shoulder with each other in, in kind of both physically and mentally. So moving to remote was hard. It was hard for me. I'm an extrovert myself. I get a great kick out of, um, and I get my energy from uh, being around people. So it was incredibly, it was incredibly hard. One of the things that um, have, of course, you know, we shifted to uh, a remote working, and, and one of the decisions we had to make recently is that we need to stop being responsive to the crisis, to the pandemic, but actually take more strategic decisions of saying, okay, going into kind of, you know, the second year of COVID, um, who are we? And are we adopting this way of, um, uh, of working? And, or, or are we continuing to kind of sit on the fence and say, look, we'll keep an office and see what happens, see if we can come back to it, see if... And we made a decision to go remote. And the immediate positive was the opportunity to hire from wherever. If we want a truly diverse talent, we need to look outside of the affluent city centers and look into other, other places. And, and we want to be able to identify the best, most brilliant people and extend an offer to them, no matter if they are in London or in Leeds or in Baltimore. Um, or in uh, you know, or uh, anywhere uh, around here in Israel. So that really gave us an opportunity to open up as a company and to embrace the 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 kind of the opportunity that comes with uh, that comes with remote working. Um, and it is you know it is still a challenge where we are rewiring our culture in many ways. Um, but. Uh, but it's a, but it so far, you know, it's been working really well, and we're also creating opportunities to meet in person. We're having our hub weeks where we're all coming together as a company for a week full of activities in between lockdowns when it's safe to do so, um, and and creating these in-person opportunities as much as we can, and we make absolutely the best out of them. Netta, turning back to you again, you are running a successful, fast-growing and still young tech company. And I imagine quite a few people wouldn't mind doing what you're doing and following in your footsteps. That, that, would, be, that would be very silly of them. I, <laughs> I highly discourage well, that's, them. That's, <laughs> well, this is what I was, I was uh, wanting you to elaborate on, which is you know, a combination of you know, what is it, what, what, what might they expect that they should be prepared for? Yes. And, and what tips would you have to have a chance of succeeding? Interesting. Well, it goes back a little bit to your first question to me about what, what are the biggest sources of pressure in this job? And that is the constant change. So be prepared for constant change. The company... In August is nothing like what the company will be in September. The 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 pace of change is just is just um, mind blowing, and so are the expectations of you 
as a founder. When I started running Vault, I never thought of myself as a leader, not for a second. I never reflected on what would be required of me as a leader. I saw this idea that I fell in love with and I wanted to bring it to the world. And I, would, I, I broke through walls, I ran through walls in order to make it happen. It felt like, a, you know, for, for founders and co-founders, they say it's the loneliest job in the world and it definitely feels that way. In the beginning, it really is that, it's only you. And if you, know, if you are able to make it through the kind of first leg of the journey, and then you, know, you, you hire your first people, you have a small team, and that's when the first time when you're, you know, you're, you're required to manage, right? So management skills are coming in. And before you know it, it's not management anymore, it's leadership. They're looking at you for vision. You need to provide the sense of direction. You need to articulate Remember that picture of the world that you saw so, so clearly when you started that process. You need to reflect on where you write about it because you're now a year in and, 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 and paint the next picture and ensure that everyone are bought into that idea and notion. So the, the, the range of expectations, your own range of learning, your own pace of learning in this job um, is like no other. Neta, maybe a, a final question, if I may. What, in your opinion, gets the best out of people? I don't think there is one formula that works for, you know, for all people or for all leaders. I can tell you what works for me. I hire people that I, I absolutely want to work for. I hire people that, I, that can teach me a lot. And it's, it, it, this comes from a philosophy of understanding that um, as a CEO, I don't know everything. I need experts in their field that will know more about their subject matter than I do. Um, so uh, with that comes, you know, that drive to hire the absolute best in their field so that they can, um, so that I can learn, really. Um, so I, I always go for truly hiring the best and then really, you know, move out of their way and allow them to shine and perform. Netta, thank you very much for, for, for joining us today and lending some of your time. Thank you. It's been a real, uh, real pleasure uh, being here. So thank you for having me. If you enjoyed this manageable conversation, there are many other perspectives we offer our community of managers worldwide who coach and individuals from all walks of life who benefit from being coached. That's all from me. I'm Farley Thomas. Until next time.